Well, hello there, everybody. Yeah, episode three. Hey, round of applause to everyone who's listened to one and two. Oh, yeah. Yep. We should reward those people. And I mean, we'll have to get our audio guy to beat this out, but f*** you if you're just joining us now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, keep listening because we, we oh, need you. Sorry, We need you. Yeah, okay. Like yeah. a soft, like yeah. a f*** you. Softer. Yeah. What's well, going to yeah. be beeped anyway? <laughs> no, but that'll either you. No, um, thank you to everyone who has listened. Yes. Big f*** you if you're just joining us now. But, but welcome. But welcome. And also go back to one and two because it, technically this is like that um, TV show Kaleidoscope. You can you can listen out of order. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I, I will we say we just need the clicks. The episode one was filmed three years ago. I think mm. we we mentioned that, and then a lot of people um, have just random people people we know have come up and goes, "Geez, that second episode was better." Um, <laughs> That's because he was in the studio. Episode one with Luke McGregor, still a good episode, and Luke's very good. But we're in different different states because it was during COVID. There was, there was time constraints. There was a whole bunch of things. Yeah, um, but we were very proud of that because that also is the whole reason we got to keep doing them. Absolutely. That's that, the pilot. That that's got the, the green light. Yeah, we were sending it to bosses and the powers it be. Yeah. Uh, and they loved it. So we really wanted to share it. And it'd be pretty dog of us to do that interview with Luke. And then just it, it just never came. And especially we, <laughs> I don't think we told him the truth, but we lied to him. Yeah, we said it. We said it was green lit. <laughs> <laughs> we, okay, we didn't lie to him. Because technically it did become green lit. Yeah. And we said he was the first episode. Because he's like, who else you got? And we went... Just you for now. Yeah, just if you just focus on yourself being number one. You should be excited about it. Yeah. And then, I mean, you'll hear later on, but people get pissed off that they're like guests six, seven, and eight. Luke was done by your Zoom. And we've been doing interviews for with like other radio shows and like media and stuff. And mm. people are like, like the interview will finish. Yeah. And then they'll go, why haven't I been asked? I'm like, we just started. <laughs> just went. This is the third, third episode. Third episode. You but don't get any bigger. Exactly. Than this guest. Oh, oh, mate. This is peak Australian comedy. Honestly, the king of Australian comedy. Mm. One of the many kings of Australian comedy. But this guy nails it in radio. People ask, how is he still going? <laughs> he, you'll hear. He's asking himself the same question. <laughs> over and over again. Let me tell you that this guest, probably the most... Oh, look, you know who it is because you've clicked on it. It's Dave Hughes, right? <laughs> So it's not a well, it's not a secret. It says the name, right? You've clicked unless you for some reason didn't read and go, oh, who's it today? Well, sometimes when you like if you're on a really long flight, twelve hours, yeah. and you're just listen, rolling from one to the other, you may not know. Yeah, so yeah. So yeah. <laughs> But I but I will say that out of everybody we've interviewed, and there's a, a, some phenomenal funny people coming up as well for Born Funny. The most resilient of all those people, Dave Hughes. Yeah, I, very I, resilient. It's a it's a bit of a sad story. It is a sad story, it's, but he keeps swinging, doesn't he? <laughs> He's but the Rocky Balboa of Aussie comedy. He really is. He's been told he's not funny for years, but he's still cashing them checks. <laughs> and let me tell you, the bloke's a millionaire. <laughs> ah, funny people. An odd bunch, really. Not your usual folk. They've been making us knee slaps since the ancient Greeks. But what makes these real-life jesters tick? Perhaps today we should ask this person. Hey, it's Dave Husey Hughes. Tell me, were you born funny? Look, other people say I was or I as. Yes. <laughs> Rob, Rob Sitch from The Working Dog, you know, legend of Australian television, uh, apparently told Ed Cavalier that this, I'm just a natural. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Nate, he is one of the country's most iconic stand-ups. And if this bloke wasn't born funny, then I don't know who is. He was the 1988 Ducks of the Christian Brothers College in Warrnambool. A failed accountant, he worked as an arbitrator. Maybe that's why he's vegan. 
He was a Brickies labourer, but then found comedy at the age of 22 in Perth, and from there has become one of the country's most successful comics, co-hosting some of Australia's biggest radio shows like Melbourne, Nova Brecky, Drive on Kiss, Drive on Hit, now Sydney Breakfast on Today FM. He's had about a million TV shows, including the host of The Project at one stage, The Masked Singer, and Husey, I Have a Problem. Please welcome to Born Funny, Dave Husey Husey! That was a, a great introduction. I mean, the introduction could have gone... Could have gone a lot longer, but you know I'm, and that's just the way it is. Um, but I'm I'm a short intro guy. Whenever yeah, yeah whenever I'm getting introduced on stage, I say keep it short. Yeah, you don't need any foreplay or anything. Just, just let me get out there. Yeah, right. I say they know who I am. Just go for it. <laughs> I'll be honest. It was probably the easiest intro to put together because I mean we knew a lot of this stuff. Uh, can There's, we say we grew up listening to Husey on radio? Or does how that, old are you? Twenty nine. Yes, you can. Yeah, okay, yeah, absolutely. Cool. So I'm, uh, yeah. So I, I've been doing full time radio in this country since 2001. So how old were you guys then? I was 11. I was born in 89. So yeah, yeah. 12. Yeah, maybe 12. Yeah, yeah. Around born 11. in 89, the year before, the year after Husey was ducks. Yes, yeah. It was the worst year in the school's <laughs> history, and that is not a lie. <laughs> it, for me, being ducks that year was a real blow to the school. Because I got my results, my year 12 results, and I was disappointed. Because I, I dreamed of becoming a lawyer at that point because I'd been watching a TV show called LA Law, okay. which you can Google that if you like, but yeah. it was a big hit in the 80s. Yeah. And all those uh, lawyers had hot girlfriends, so I wanted to be <laughs> those guys. Yeah. So, And I did not get the marks to get into law. Right, okay. But I was still ducks of my school. I feel so. like suits had the same impact on me. Oh, really? Yeah. They, st- they studied law, though. I studied law. Yeah. Who studied law? I, I did. You studied law? Yeah, studied law, even did got the degree. Did you pass it? Yeah, I mean... There's so I'm, many uh, comedians and comedy like radio people who, uh, who did law. So many. Waste of time. One absolute oh, waste of time. Do you think there is a reason? There, there, what is, is there any similarities between law and comedy? I'm egomaniacs, I think. And <laughs> like me, and I was like you, but I didn't get enough marks to get into law. Mm. But I did um, study, I did business. I, actually, I did IT, true story. Oh. 1989, the year you guys were born. born yeah. Yeah, I actually became, I got a scholarship. My, so my marks got me into a scholarship to do information technology at a university in Melbourne, and um, and that was the first year they offered the course. And if you know your history, the internet really started in 1990. Yeah. So I could have, if I had kept at that course, been, you know, Bill Gates right now, Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. <laughs> Imagine that. And Cheesy. be really rich. Yeah. You know, real, and I'm, I'm done well, don't get me wrong. But, <laughs> like, but now it's incredibly rich. poor. It's proper yeah, rich. Proper yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So you guys, are, you, you were born on the, when the internet started. Imagine that. It could have been right. Hughes' book. That's what I... Hughes book. Insta Hughes. Absolutely. It, like, well, it's been, not, it's not Zucker book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you mean. No, yeah, so, yeah exactly. Hughes, going back to school. You were born the same year as Taylor Swift, by the way. Yeah, the 89 World Tour. You went to that, didn't you? Jim? Yeah, I went to that. I saw the... Dallas is really impressive. I saw the 89 World Tour twice or in Brisbane and Sydney. Exactly the same. Like, I'm talking down to the second... Oh, yeah, right. So no improv. No improv. Like, there, there are bits that you thought were improvised, but when I saw the second performance. What, the banter in between? Yeah, banter in between. So the ba- exact same banter. Exactly the same banter. off auto Yeah. Like, she would just enter the word Sydney instead of Brisbane. Really? Really. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's work for her, though, isn't it? You know, do you, you can't do you do much her success. I mean, we were going to go to school. <laughs> She's going all right. We were going to go to school, but <laughs> when we should do a chat with Taylor. Why are we wasting time with Husey? Hey, Taylor. This is more funny, mate. She's in. No, if you get, I'll walk. You can get her on the phone now and she's available. 
I'm, I'll go. She never out. She I'm out. Never answers. Dizzy, when you're doing stand up, do you do much like improv? Or you've you've nailed it and you've sort of. No, no, I do do improv because I I've got to get better at organising. So I'm. <laughs> I was just on stage in Adelaide on Saturday night, and I'm like, I had months to organise the gig, and I'm like, I'm backstage before. I actually caught up with a few other comedians, that Tommy Little, Pete Hallier, and uh, Dave Thornton at, at a, they were at a pub sinking beers just before, and I'm like, I haven't got time to be here. I don't drink, but, yeah. but also I haven't organised the show. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like you're lucky though, Husey, because you're one of those people, and people, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but when you walk out, people start laughing. Yeah, not necessarily. I, I tried some new material the other night and that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, I, I'd like to think that's the case that I'm that's naturally funny, but you do need jokes. You absolutely need jokes. I was in L.A. At, over Christmas doing some stand-up and I needed jokes, yeah. And uh, once you've got the jokes, you're fine. Yeah. But you do need jokes. So you need to feel comfortable at least. Yeah, no, well, maybe you're right. Maybe I did. If you're comfortable, <laughs> if you're comfortable, you're fine. Well, I mean, comfortable. let's talk about... Year 12 and, and the ducks and all that kind of stuff. Were you funny at school? Is, it, is this something that you, you knew you had at school? or is I it... did know it. Other people did not know <laughs> it. So, yeah, I believed I was funny. I did. And I look, my first ever gig, stand-up gig, went horribly. No one in the room believed I was funny. And I was, I was living with a guy called Rat at the time in Perth, where yep. I started my career, and at the age of 22. And I got home to Rat, who was a bricklayer, and we just drove over there, just friends, no issue. But, uh, <laughs> and I see, he said, how did you go? My first ever stand-up gig. And I said, not very well. And he said, do you know why? And I said, not really. And, and this guy, who'd known me for years, yeah. looked me in the eye and said, because you're not funny. Oh. Yeah. So, and that was, <laughs> that was his perception of me. Yeah. My perception was different. Yeah. Do you still know Rat? Yeah, me and Rat. We get along famously. I think he's admitted he was wrong. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, what does he say now? now? He goes, I don't know he's how you've done it. He's still sticking to it. He goes, no, you know what? I know you've had success. I just still don't think you're funny. <laughs> There's certainly some people who are in that camp. <laughs> but I think Raf thinks I'm funny. Oh, actually, I don't know. Mm. Um, but yeah, back to year 12. Yeah. There was one moment. Actually, was it year 11? Actually, year 11, I think, which was a turning point in my life. Yeah. And probably sent me off the path, sent me onto the path of, you know, relative success. I was doing a religious education class with Brother O'Brien. Sure. And um, we all had to do a speech in class about various, you know, greats, holy people. I had not written my speech. And it was my turn to go. And Brother O'Brien looked at me and said, "Your, your go. And I'm like, I've got nothing here. So my speech was meant to be about a woman called Sally Trench who... I think helped homeless people in London in maybe the, I don't know, the 60s or 70s or whatever. Mm. And I had no speech prepared, but I opened a book, a Sally Trench book, (laughs) and just started reading out of the Sally Trench book. I think it was an autobiography. I don't know. Google Sally Trench if you want, if you've got time. (laughs) And, And for whatever reason, my impro from reading out of that book sent the the, the 30, you know, year 11 boys who I was in class with into raptures. Yep. They were laughing hard, real hard. <laughs> like I had it. You had it. I was, was on. Was that I your... was on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> was that your first ever biggest laugh that you can I remember? Think, yeah, look, I've had a few, but that was that was a big one. And the, the, the class had to, they had to um, score the speeches. Yep. And mm. I was the only one who got 10 out of 10 from the class. Wow. But you know what? Looking back at my report... Brother O'Brien failed me. He failed me for the year. Prick. It's the first and only class in in high school, apart from woodwork, that, that I failed. 
must have been but, friends with Rat. It was, <laughs> so it, it was an F from Brother O'Brien. Yeah. But it was a, a 10 out of 10 from, from the, the class. class. And it set me on my way. I love that. So, yeah. so, that, so that, that's year 11. And then yeah. you say you do your first stand-up gig at 22. Yeah. So was it you didn't believe you could make a career out of it? Like if you've got the bug then, what, what happened in those, Probably, what, four years? Uh, country town, you know, not a lot of avenues for stand-up comedians. So nowhere to go, I suppose. Uh, yeah. But my, you know, my first ever time that I was funny, I reckon, was a grade six camp where, again, there was a play. You know, you go on camp and you have a, like a, a talent night. Yeah. And there was an impro play, which, again, I, I was able to get big laughs. So mm. very sporadically, when given the opportunity to be get in front of people, I was able to make them laugh. I remember winning a, a football trophy, you know, playing Aussie rules back in the under-16s where I might have got best club man or something, you know, yep. which is normally not a great award. <laughs> but I got on stage and uh, was able to make everyone laugh. You know, yep. it was just I, whenever I was able to get on stage, people laughed. And yep. I just had that bug from early on. Did so. you grow up in a in a funny household, Husey? Like- My father used to uh, drink a lot and um, he, he, I remember he had the same joke he would tell night after night like he'd forgotten he'd told it the night before and it was just, it was, I don't know what the joke was, but it just cracked him up so much. He would laugh while he was telling it. <laughs> like we'd already heard the punchline the night before, but he would tell it again yeah. and just laugh and laugh and laugh. So... Mm. Yeah, but I mean, he, he, you know, that was in between him being angry as well. So sure, was, sure. You're happy yeah. if you got laughing, Dad, to be honest. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. my parents did not think I was funny at all. Not that, at all. What did they think of a uh, pursuit in comedy? I, absolutely mortified. Yeah. Um, they thought, when I first told them I was doing stand-up comedy, like I'd failed the IT course. I dropped out of the IT course. I'd, I did business and dropped out of that as well. And again, they were like, I, mean, I said, I'm in Perth. And they're like, what are you doing over there? <laughs> I said, I've started doing stand-up comedy, and they're like, oh, my God. They were like, this guy's embarrassing himself. <laughs> oh, shit. They're like, yeah, just get a proper job. I you can do that at night. Someone That's someone, hobby. <laughs> someone told me that when you were over doing Perth, I think it actually might even be one of your producers, Sash, that she said something about you selling newspapers oh, yeah, as I, well as doing stand-up or uh, trying to make Yeah, I did a lot of jobs in Perth. Like I, was, I really was trying to make it as a stand-up, and it was... For, I lived in Perth for two years, but I would, to try to pay rent, I would do many jobs, including once selling advertising space in the Cottesloe News, the Cottesloe suburb in Perth. And beautiful beach. Yeah, it's a beautiful beach. And uh, I was selling advertising. I was the worst salesman. And But when I got the job, I actually, they said, have you got a car? And I said, yeah, I've got a car. I didn't have a car. <laughs> so I used to have to leave the office and pretend I was getting in my car and just I think I'd just go on a train or something. Borrow a friend's spare keys. I'm going to my car. Jingle, jingle, jingle. Cheesy's on the phone. He's going, oh, sorry, the engine real loud. Going through a tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) I can see you through the window. No, you can't. No, I did not sell many ads. Yeah, no, that's to this day. We work at radio. We we, Mm. we all work in radio, and I walk past sales and I I bow down to them because I know how hard it is. Because they're selling dreams, guys. They yeah. are. They're selling they dreams. Are. And they're selling our dumb ideas. Yeah. Commercial <laughs> radio, too. Commercials are first, radio second. Yeah. So they're there. They're selling. <laughs> and I say, good, I know. Because there's a scoreboard every day in sales. Oh, there but, is. I mean, we get a scoreboard ratings every six weeks or whatever. They get it every day. Yeah. And, you know, you can't lie. No, you can't. You, no, can't, well, you can't hide. You can't say you've had a good day. Well, you haven't. You haven't sold <laughs> shit. 
So <laughs> you, you've got, you know, you get the laughs, you know, and you're doing this little play in year six, you know, in, in year 11, you're talking through the book about God or whatever. Uh, uh, Sally Trench. Sally Trench. Sally Sorry, Trench. Invented the trench coat. Yeah. 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 And it's, it just doesn't sound like then your family, like they're like, you can't sort of pursue this. Was there anyone around you that was sort of like bigging you up going? No. You're pr- no, no one. one person. No, 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 no one at all. So is there something? No in- one believed <laughs> Well, I mean, look at you now, Cusy. Uh, I don't want to get you now. real sad here. <laughs> I believed here. in me. Right, so. No, but how, how did you? He actually does have a car now, which is good. <laughs> you know, I did a, I did a, my first, before I did stand up, actually, my first uh, broadcast was we did a, I did a community radio. Okay. And it, you know, I grew up in country Victoria, a town called Warrnambool. So there was a, a community radio station called Three Way FM. And I, I booked in to do a show, actually, so I, don't, I had to write a letter or something, which is a big effort for me. Yeah. So it was a two-hour, like it was 11 to 1 a.m. maybe on a, or 9 to 11 or 11 to 1, I can't remember, on a Friday night. I thought I could do radio. <laughs> so I booked in and they, no one else wanted to do it, so yeah. they agreed that I had a slot. Yeah. And I remember being in the pub on a Friday night. Uh, I used to, I don't drink at all anymore, but back then I drank a lot. And I, on a Friday night, I remember being in the pub going to the, my mate's, Guys, uh, my radio show's starting. They said, what? I said, I'm doing a radio show. <laughs> they said, when? I said, I think it's tonight. <laughs> and they said, and I, I had to get once. We had the strangers gave us a lift because we were drunk. So yeah. they gave us a lift to the radio station and we turned up drunk to do the radio. And then the people, the guy doing the shift before us, he was about to leave us you've got to stay. Yeah. He said, why? I said, because I don't know how to use this panel. <laughs> This is so how old were you then? <laughs> I would have been 20 probably then. So, so pre-doing doing first, any stand-up. Before stand-up, I did a radio, radio show. show. Yeah, Does pre- that exist? Do you have that audio somewhere? Oh, no, I don't know if it exists. But so, <laughs> so, and so it was radio. Mm. So between nine and 11, maybe nine or whatever, we were drunk. So, and then the guy. Pre-doing any codes, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, so we did, I think we did about two or three shows before we got sacked. Yeah. So, yeah, and we got sacked. Because it was every Friday night, or maybe once a fortnight, I can't remember, but, and one night security guard turned up, and we were drinking beers, and that wasn't cool, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, we weren't yeah. meant to drink beers in the studio. <laughs> I don't think you can drink them now. <laughs> I remember, remember when, when, we, when we started- We hide them under the desk. <laughs> we got, we got um, reamed when we did community radio that time. There was a station manager, Husey, and, and her name was June. She would have been 340 years old. Yeah, yeah. And we, it's the first time we'd ever kind of done radio, and it was, it was to our DJ, Burwood. It was yeah. Bur- Burwood in FM. And we did this, what was it, two-hour shift or whatever? I think it was four-hour four hour hour shift. shift. And there were no phones. And there was so no, no phones. Could call so we were just talking. I think it went to like Burwood Library, and there was- Three yeah, ladies called yeah. Betty listening. Anyway, this woman comes in June after she'd smoked 400 cigarettes and she goes, you two are having too much fun. Radio's not for you. <laughs> you're not treating it. You're, you're not serious. You're not treating it seriously. We got, when the letter that I got sacked, and I, th- I honestly thought it was the end of my career. I thought, yeah. I thought the radio dream's over. <laughs> I honestly did. And the letter, it said, you were drinking beers in the studio and you talked about the size of an elephant's, you know, penis. Yeah. Yeah. And it was I talked about my own penis last night on the show. Yeah, was, I mean, and that was, I, I don't know. It was like late night. Yeah, community radio on a Friday night. Can't we talk about the size of an Ellen's penis? And was, I thought it was tasteful. Yeah. What, what was the size out of interest? It's big. Yeah, it's they're big. big. Yeah, they're imagine. big. Yeah. I've never they're seen really, one, but I imagine it's <laughs> no, they're big, quite large. <laughs> they're really. So, big. how do you? In this, so no one believes in you, right? Yeah, <laughs> Daniel. It's a great movie, by the way. If anyone yeah, out there yeah, wants yeah, to make sure. the debut story. Yeah. How do you keep going? How do you, is it, are you having conversations with yourself? Are you putting I the am, noise out there? Yeah, like? so I'm, this is, while I was doing that radio show and drinking and I was still going to university, I'd actually 
quit I quit the, the IT course after six weeks before you had to pay Hex. <laughs> yeah, that's so right. I thought, I don't want to pay Hex. Great yeah, loophole. So I'm just quitting. Yeah. So, yeah, so I quit that career. I uh, went back, worked at an abattoir in my hometown and uh, started, you know, and, uh, and then started a uni course in my hometown. There was a local uh, university for anyone who couldn't get in any, any other university. <laughs> It's Deakin University. Everyone at Deakin's going, what the f***, man? No, no, they know. (laughs) A lot of my mates went there. We went there together, and some of them are still my accountants to this day. It took about seven years to finish their accounting degree. um, So I started that accounting degree, and I failed that as well. But in my last, I remember failing this So second year of uni, uh, doing accounting, Hit the wall, just couldn't be bothered. First year I got through a year because first year of uni you can just you can you can be a full time bong smoker yeah. Yeah. and get through first year uni. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to do anything really. <laughs> but second year you actually have to work a bit. So and yeah. I, it didn't work for me. <laughs> and I remember failing this exam, thinking I've got no idea any of these questions. Definitely going to fail. Uh, but as I was failing the exam, I remember thinking, you know what, I want to do comedy anyway. Mm. So that, uh, that's a definite thought I had. I want to do comedy anyway. And so that dream was strong. Yeah, okay. And it was strong, you know, but I ended up actually stopping drinking and smoking bongs. And I stopped before I started comedy. So for me, I was too drunk and stoned. Once I stopped being drunk and stoned, I was able to focus. And so I moved to Perth with Rat and... Uh, <laughs> Still and, in the picture. That's yeah, good. Rat, it's crazy. You like with a bloke who's just gone. You're not funny. Rat, and you're, you're like, I want to rat the bricky. He's coming to the bricky. Yeah. Uh, so we drove his uh, Sandman sort of a uh, panel van over there. So I remember we hit an eagle on the way and got a photo with this dead eagle. So <laughs> we're living in this little flat, and I thought, Nah, I'm going to start it. I wanted to start it. Here I am. I'm a long way from anyone I know apart from Rat, mm. and so I'll fail in private. And so, yeah, so I thought I'm going to start. I went to a little comedy club in, in Perth to do my first ever stand-up gig where no one laughed at all. And there was a big part of my brain going, everyone's right. <laughs> Rat's you're, right. You're a complete loser. Rat even, hadn't even told me I wasn't funny yet. <laughs> he was hours away from telling me. But I walked off stage that first night thinking, yep. Yeah, you, you, you had the hook. The bug, you really, I want to keep doing no, this. No, not that first night. No, yeah. I wanted to kill myself that first night. <laughs> Do you remember the jokes? Do you remember any yeah, of the jokes? I was jokes? talking about how I got teased at school, you know, for being like ugly or, you know, like I, my nickname was, my brother's nickname was Frog and I, I got the nickname Frog as well. And just, I think the whole crowd were agreeing with everyone who teased me. Going, <laughs> You're right to be teased. <laughs> I, I remember walking off stage that night and some bloke going, as I walked off, and this little comedy club in Perth, it was at a pool hall. On a Wednesday night, they used to do comedy in the bar next to the pool hall. So you got out through the windows, you can see everyone playing pool. And in the bar, which is probably seats of probably 80 people, it might have been 50 people there. I remember walk, yeah, there was no backstage apart from the toilet. So you could go into the toilet for a moment, mm. yep. but then you had to walk through everyone to get out. Oh. I remember walking through all these people just silently staring at me, just thinking... And one bloke said, no, they were right to tease you. Yeah. <laughs> Ribbit. <laughs> the frog. So what, and then you, you, so you, you bomb, you want to kill yourself. Oh, you're not I'm happy. sorry, Kizzy, by the way. Rat goes, rat goes, you're not funny. <laughs> bringing up all these old memories. <laughs> no, it's, it's good for people. It's a good story. Look you know? where you've come, Kizzy. Well, but the sec, you know what I said to myself? And I'm, I'm just reeling, thinking, God, my life's a, I'm, yeah, I'm, no, I'm a complete loser and will be for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. But I thought, I also thought, part of me said, you've got to go back, man. Yeah. If you don't go back straight away, you're not going to do this ever again. Yeah. So I, I willed myself the next Wednesday night to go back. 
and do it again. Same night, same time? Same night, same time. So you know, chance you're going to see the same crowd. Same crowd. And just they're going to hate you again. <laughs> but so I thought if I don't do it, I won't do it again. Yeah. So I did it and I was so nervous. But, but I kept my dignity. You know, I didn't lose my mind. The first week I lost my shit. <laughs> the second week I, I talked about how unfunny I was the first week. And yeah. I got a laugh. I didn't get a massive laugh, yeah. but I got enough to walk off stage with, you know, and not drown in a puddle of shame. Yeah. <laughs> but so that was, that was for me a good experience, but it's still not. But it's the third gig that got me. I stopped doing it for about three months because it was the stress, or maybe it was less, maybe it was eight, I don't know, it was six weeks or four weeks, I don't know. Yeah. But the stress of the week leading up to the gig was too much. I thought, like, I need a break. Yeah. And there was an ad in the paper, West Australian, that said, New comics required. And I thought, well, I'm a new comic. Yeah. I rang the, I rang the number and it was the same venue. I had no idea. <laughs> the same venue <laughs> looking for new comics. Yeah. Obviously. It didn't work out with the last one. And the guy that answered the, uh, answered the call was actually, he said, mate, I remember you. <laughs> and I said, oh God, so you're not going to let me back on. Yeah. He said, no, I think you're okay. Come back. And he said that to me and I came back. And as I walked on stage that third time, as I'm walking on stage, I had an epiphany. It was the moment that changed my life. It said, you're a winner just for walking on this stage. Oh, how good. And so whatever, the gods spoke to me, said, you're a winner just for being here. And it relaxed me so much that I walked on stage. I don't know what I said, but the crowd laughed hard, (laughs) real hard, like I was back in that year 11 classroom. And it was like, that's the moment. I thought, this is my life now. I walk, I floated out of that tiny venue. I've never been higher. <laughs> I'm still chasing that high. <laughs> so from that, that moment. high of that room full of people laughing their asses off. Would yeah. you say that's when your professional career started? That's that, the moment. Yep. And, and since that moment, I haven't, you know, I've, I've, I wouldn't have gone a week without doing stand-up comedy. In, in, wow, that's thirty years ago. Yeah, and I love it as much now. It's it's good because I mean uh, we've been to a few like little local ones, even around like Sydney and around different areas and stuff. And a lot of them have like photos of people who've done it and stuff. And I've spoken to people who put on rooms and all that kind of thing, and they say that you're one of the greatest people to just rock up and jump up on the mic. I love it. I will turn up. I'll probably go tonight somewhere. Yeah. I, it's a it's a it's a Wednesday night in Sydney. I'll probably go somewhere tonight. I just love it. I, I don't care if there's 10 people there, 20 people there, or you know, 1,000 or whatever. It's a joy. And, yeah. and that laugh, that that shared experience of everyone laughing at how <laughs> ridiculous life is. <laughs> Does it ever feel like work? Because, I mean, we mentioned some stuff there. You've done so much TV, you've done so much radio, and you're saying that you're doing stand-up every week now for 30-odd years. Does it? Does it ever feel draining? Does it ever no, feel? No, I've never. No, nah, no. Nah. Stand up comedy for me is always a joy. Or sometimes it can be stressful if it's not going well. But I'm, I'm in a really. I feel mentally I'm in a good place now more than ever that I'm not not worried about it. So yeah, yeah it it shouldn't feel like work. It should fe- it should be a joy, and, yeah. it, and it can be a joy if you've got the right attitude. And I'm not saying it hasn't felt like work over the years. I mean, I've had gigs where, you know, you've got a, a thousand people in front of you, and you get ten minutes into an hour set, and you're like. <laughs> I don't know what to say to these people. <laughs> or, and you clearly, like if you're in a bad mood, you'll just focus on someone not laughing. Yeah, yeah. And you'll go, he knows. Yeah. He knows I'm a fraud. The jig's up. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have imposter syndrome now or you're like, you're like, oh, oh they're going to no, figure me out? Very rarely, but sometimes you'll get on stage and you just speak and like, you know, no one laughs. You're like, these are just sentences, aren't they? <laughs> 
<laughs> so the emperor has no clothes. <laughs> that can still happen, no yeah. doubt about it. But yeah. but in general, just yeah, I still got that joy of of you know just loving it, loving it. So when and, you know you you're 22, you're the third gig, you you laugh and you've loved it. You've got the bug. You floated out on stage. Are you are you just now pursuing stand up and, and the radio and the TV? Everything else comes. Like do people come up to you? Is that yeah yeah absolutely. So I'm pursuing. I'm just doing stand up comedy in Perth. I'm like still. I'm not making a living. I'm you know there's hardly there's no real circuit over there. But I'm I'm raw, yeah. so um, I'm still you know doing labouring work during the day, and you know, I'm on the dole as well. So, mm. so I'm fine. I'm eating. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm doing. But I'm starting uh, the first gig I ever got paid. That was extraordinary. Yeah, that was amazing. How uh, much? How much did you get? Ma- for I might have got two hundred dollars, and uh, you know the rates haven't really improved in thirty years. <laughs> and that's that's uh, all he does on those little ones. Yeah. Meetings will know. Yeah, the rates have not improved. But yeah. um, yeah. So, but that was. To see that money, maybe it was 150, uh, it was at least 100, and to see that money and think, that's funny money. Yeah. Someone gave me money because I was funny. Was it in a little envelope? Did it, I think just... it probably, oh, I don't, might have been an envelope, might have been, or it might have been just, just handed to me, but it was a, it was a very sweet moment to yeah. think that you can get paid for speaking. And it was extraordinary. So when, when you're when you're now doing this, family, friends, and stuff, do they change their opinion, or they're like, "Can't believe you made it! Can't uh, believe you're doing this." For my parents, you know, they didn't believe for a long time until I started giving them money. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, my parents, like funny money. Yeah, my parents thought that you know, because when you you know, I was borrowing money off them. You know, yeah. I was mm. borrowing money off them probably three or four years into my stand-up career. Yeah, and they're like, "What?" The <laughs> We're going to be paying for this guy for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah. And my father would always say, you can always come home, mate. You can always come home. Mm. And you realise it doesn't work out. You just come home. <laughs> come back <laughs> to Warrnambool. Yeah, exactly. Come back. There's a, there's a room in this house. Yeah. Go there's back ro- to Deacon. There's a room in this <laughs> tiny house yeah. we live in. Right? The so, internet started yeah, now, David. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm sure the radio station have you back now. <laughs> right. There's been enough my, time. My father smokes so many cigarettes. Dad. I don't want to <laughs> live in the house with you. You smoke so much. <laughs> I can't <laughs> so doing the doing the 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 comedy circuit in 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 Perth, right? Yeah. What's the first break? What's the what's the big one that you get with a tap on the shoulder where they go, "We want Dave Hughes for this show." Well, in Perth, it's the same venue. There was there was only one venue there, and there's a few now. And Perth mm. has a, a healthy scene now. But there was this. They they went to Wednesday and Thursday nights. This venue that I was do, trying out at, and the, yeah. and the professional comedians come on at the end. Yeah. And there there would be guys travel over from the east eastern states who I thought were the gods. Like these guys, they're being flown over here. It was incredible. Mm. Um, but so when you get, well, you do a middle bracket so that you'll get some money, you know, yeah. and then, and then ended up, you're, you're going to headline this weekend or this week, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're, you're going to be, and I remember the first time I got to headline, which is pretty early on to be able to doing that. So I, the Wednesday night, first night headlining went brilliantly, you know, I'm the best. Yeah. And then the Thursday night. Just died. It's like, <laughs> I thought I had it. Yeah. But last night I was, you know, about to go and, you know, Dave Letterman. And, <laughs> and then tonight, nothing. Yeah. And it was the same words almost. It's yeah. like, and then you realise. It's like a Taylor Swift concert. It was exactly <laughs> the same. It was exactly the just same. just Sydney to Perth. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about comedians, no, early on you can have a great gig and then the next one's shit. Mm. And and when you become bankable is when the shit gigs are, you have less shit gigs yeah. and they can rely on you and and that takes work and then you've got to get back and back and back and back so but by the time I left Perth was after like two years and probably eighteen months of working reasonably solidly uh, yeah I thought I was consistent then I came to Melbourne and f- I wasn't consistent first yeah. gig in Melbourne was shit yeah then it's like yeah so you sort of 
And it's, it's being comfortable on stage is what you want to be. Yep. And it's like, you know, I was just in LA doing gigs and the first gig was average. Yeah. You know, it's 30 years down the track. Yep. But then the second gig was great. So it's like, no matter where you are in life, if you're comfortable, everyone's comfortable with you. But you're not always going to be comfortable and sometimes it takes a while to be comfortable. Did you get support from other comics around you when you yeah, were coming up around? Yeah, absolutely. Some of them weren't supportive at all. I remember in Perth, an MC just sort of pushing me off stage because I was... <laughs> I was, I was very raw. I didn't really know how stand-up worked. And I honestly, at this club, actually, when I first started this little club, I thought I couldn't say the same jokes twice. Mm. So I would go up with fresh material every single time. Because yeah. I thought if I say something I said last week, the, the barman will heckle me. He'll go, <laughs> f*** it, mate. <laughs> yeah, like the punchline. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. I was always fresh. And so some shows, you know, if any comedian knows, if it's all new material, some of it's going to work and some of it isn't. So there was no, there was no uh, like, you know, no safety yeah, net. Safety, yeah. So, yeah. So it was, um, some of the comedians go, what the f*** are you doing up there, man? Mm. Why didn't you do what you did last week? I'm going, I don't know. Yeah. When other, but others would go, you know, you've got something, keep at it. So, yeah. You do remember the ones who support you. Was, right there, was there a piece of advice that any of them gave you, like coming up through that something that you still hold on to? or um, Not really. I can't really remember anything in particular. But what I, advice I give to people is just keep getting up. Yeah. The more stage time, the more chance you've got to hone your act. So always take an opportunity, no matter whether it's a tiny gig or a, or a large room, always take take a chance to get on stage. So, yeah. When you mentioned before that, you know, the, the money hasn't increased that much over the last, you know, 30 yeah, years. Yeah, in the stand-up. I mean, the, the, yeah. 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 And, and that's true. Like we've chatted to some other people and they've said this, Matt, some of the money you're talking about getting there, getting there. Is that why you went into the radio and the TV? Because it, it's a supplementary. Yeah. Well, absolutely. In Australia, very hard just to make a living as a stand-up comedian. It certainly was then and it, it has changed now where more people are willing to buy tickets to see stand-up comedians. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was given an opportunity on radio, um, back in the day I'd done commercial, I'd done like community radio in, in Melbourne where I was just doing a phone in on a Friday morning on yeah. a, a station called Triple R, which is a community station. A well-loved community. People still say, to this day, I used to love you on Triple R. Oh, really? so, I, that's a fact. Like I, I did the breakfast show. I, <laughs> I rang in like once a week. Like, You're like, I, I was on Nova breakfast for 10 odd years. For 15 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You remember? I know. I had a guy watching me play tennis the other day. Afterwards, goes and he watched for like a half an hour. It was weird, but um, <laughs> he said I used to love you on Triple R. Like, that was in nineteen ninety nine, ninety eight. That's a long time ago. Yeah. So anyway, so they went from there to and then got the opportunity to do Nova uh, Breakfast when that started in Melbourne. Yeah. Were you the and first the money show on Nova? There? Yeah, we were. Yeah, and that, yeah. that was yeah, and that that sort of took off straight away, basically. So. Yeah, and then TV happened as well around the same time. I did the Glass House on the ABC, and and I, then I started also to get people turning up to my live shows. So yeah, so but between so Perth was for me was ninety three, ninety four. Yeah, came to Melbourne in ninety five. Took a little while to get established in Melbourne, but ended up headlining in Melbourne pretty pretty quickly. I mean, they had some bad shows, but and then went on TV. I did Hey Hey at Saturday, That's the right. TV show, which yeah. they replayed only last year, I think, on the, they did a best of Hey Hey over 50 years. Yeah, anniversary. And, yeah. and my stand-up was the one they showed. So, <laughs> and I do appreciate that. But I ne that was a real nerve-wracking thing. Live television, doing stand-up comedy. I was still on the dole at the time. Yeah. And this is like 1997, 98. And like, so yeah, I'm making no money. I'm on the dole. Yeah. And I talk about Your better. dad's going, you can come back. So exactly. A room. <laughs> yeah. I talk about. Because he puts out a ciggy. Yeah. <laughs> I talk about being on the dole. That was my routine about being on the dole. And I did that and it was killing at the clubs in Melbourne. Mm. But I took, and I took that to Hey Hey It's Saturday and it killed. It yeah. killed. It was on TV. You Google it. Yeah. It was on TV. <laughs> it bloody killed. 
and yeah, and I thought, wow, that went amazingly well. I've made it. Mm. And then still no one turned up to my show. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was not till 99, which is a year or two later where it really kicked in. And then, yeah, and the radio started 2001 and TV started 2001 regularly. And yeah, so here we are today. How did you uh, find performing, like, obviously there's a live crowd for Hey Hey as well, but performing to the camera as well. Like, how did you find that from going from a live uh, live audience on stage, like a normal stand-up? Oh, the pressure was, I was, I was so nervous because yeah. also that's a show that, you know, I grew up with. So I grew up in the country and that was one of the only shows on, you know. So this is television. Mm. You know, there's literally, it's back when people watched TV, there was literally yeah. <laughs> millions of people watching that show on a Saturday night used to rate like two million yeah, people. It was huge. It was yeah. huge. And so, and that's, I'm on this show. I was, again, so nervous. I knew it killed. I knew it went well, but I was on a high afterwards. I just couldn't sleep. I was, uh, yeah, it was, it ended up being a, a wonderful moment. How did they approach you for that? Did uh, you know did what? You have an I actually, time, true story, I'd, there was a, a talent section on that show, which people might remember, or if you didn't Google it, Red Faces. Red Faces, yeah. So Red Simon's the dong. Bong, so yeah. sometimes <laughs> people would come on who were good and just do it. Sometimes they'd be t- bad and mm. you know, whatever. So I auditioned for that. Yeah. And, didn't get a call back. So I auditioned twice. And yeah. The second time I bought a pair of moccasins because I wanted to do my routine about being on the doll, which yeah. I knew was killing in the clubs. Yeah. But the, it was just, you had to audition in front of one person holding a bloody clipboard. And he was like, you wouldn't even look at me. I'm like, mate, these jokes are funny. <laughs> and he honestly, he, I got walked, he got a security guard to walk me out of Channel 9. <laughs> Because he you, thought I was going to get violent. Yeah. Do you think that that you know you're talking about early days where <laughs> so aggressive fusy? But then then they um but then the powers that be started to have live stand up comedies on the show, and then I got a call back from in that not from him, yeah, yeah but yeah. from someone else who'd seen. Well, Russell Gilbert really helped me out actually. So yeah, but um yeah, and I when I got back there and I was I tried to walk past that guy and like uh, yeah, he yeah. didn't even remember me. He's the, <laughs> the guy on the doll. Watch out for him. Do you think that steals you? You know, you talk about early days and everyone not sort of saying you're funny and then still having that moment of that clipboard guy. Like, are you at a point in your career where you're like, I don't care what anyone says. I know I'm good. I know this material kills. I've just got to get that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So, and yeah, I mean, we all have self-doubt and, you know, there's always people who are not going to think you're funny or, you know, my name will trend on Twitter, calling me an asshole quite often. <laughs> Sorry about that. that. <laughs> I mean, <it's> <laughs> we, we, we keep that. getting blocked on Twitter. I've had people say you're not funny on Twitter and I wanted to write back, I am funny. He's <laughs> my bank account, yeah. you know. <laughs> people think realize, I am. Yeah. I still think you're still not funny. I'm I can't, I can't Do you think, this, look at this crowd laughing. Are they laughing? Oh, no, they're not laughing. They're f- laughing. Is that, okay, so um, Nathan, I always chat about this, right? So you've you've had a great career, can st- continue to have this great career. Is there just more pressure on you now? Is the tall poppy syndrome? Do people ever go at you just because they're Husey? They know who you are? I, look, I think so. But, I mean, whatever. It's, none of it matters. Honestly, mm. what I've realized over all this time is that none of it matters. Yeah. Nothing. It, none of it matters. Does and it ever bother you or are you just like? Well, it's bothered me many times over the years. But yeah. also people writing reviews saying you're not funny. I'm like, the f- crowd laugh right now. Get f- you yeah, know? yeah. But. And now I realize how ridiculous it was to even care about that. Yeah. Like, and I, I honestly, right now I'm in a place and I've just had this real epiphany of that none of it matters. I actually wanted to call my stand-up show, which I'm doing at the moment, no, no, no one cares. Yeah. But my management said it's too negative. <laughs> no one cares. Yeah. No one cares. And it's, once you really deeply know that, it's so liberating. Yeah. Because you've got nothing to lose or gain. Do you wish you could tell Warnable Husey that? Yes. Yeah. Over so many years yeah. <laughs> of thinking, you know, would have I still tried as hard? Probably. I don't know. I love comedy, but 
the bullshit that goes around it, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Well, we were talking before the podcast and you were talking about, you know, in radio and we were talking about some stuff and you said it just none of it matters. Like if you can, is there a key to that or is it just time? Is it age? I is think it... it's just having a realisation and like I'm 52 now and I, re- I honestly think I had that massive realisation only about a few months ago and it's so liberating. <laughs> you can exist wherever you are at every moment without giving a f- <laughs> you can do that. We create the you own stress that. and the thing in no our own head. No one else does. Yeah. It's all you. You can actually right now give up on caring. Yeah. And I try to say it to my own children. My wife goes, what are you doing? I said, no, this is worth listening to. My son's stressing about his basketball game, you know. No one cares, mate. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's talk Let's talk about your family, the kids, your wife, Holly. Do they find you funny? Is this something, uh, have they ever found you funny? Oh, look, my son has been giving me real attitude over the last few years about, <laughs> like, he would watch last year and last, he would watch, like, watch me on TV and then sarcastically laugh whenever mm. I did a joke. Yeah. And I said, mate, no, that has to stop. Yeah. I can't have you doing that. How old is he? He's 13. Yeah. Like, that... I'd do, he'd hear me do a joke on TV and go, ha ha. <sighs> no, no, you're not, it's not Simpsons, mate. <laughs> that joke is paid for you this f- yeah, show the bank account. Show the basketball shoes you, you have that you're worried about your game. <laughs> exactly. That joke paid for yes, it. Yes, exactly. So I've got him to stop doing that. But the thing about, especially my daughters, actually, they just laugh all the time. Mm. They they are really, I feel like they're wise. <laughs> they're not getting annoyed about, I said to them the other day, do you get annoyed with your friends? And they say, no. Yeah, I said, right. what about when they tease you? They say, we just laugh. How are you so wise? <laughs> yeah. They seem to just have some sort of, I don't know, maybe. Are they funny? Yeah, they are. Yeah, I've got. Look, hopefully they won't. He's my young. No, they're all funny, but my youngest has got a real wit about her. Yeah, a real wit. It's like she's she's seeing the joke in her own ego or anything. Like if I compliment a sister, and she'll go, "Well, how about me?" Like yeah. in that way. <laughs> That's good. But as we all know, like I know as a comedian, if another comedian who I'm in the room with gets told they're funny, it kills me. Yeah, <laughs> I want to. I want to die. Yeah. yeah. But my daughter's got this way. She'll just she'll go to that joke straight away. Which just, you know, humor is the best defense in life. Yeah. You yeah. can laugh at your problems. You don't have any problems. She's already able to do that at the age of 10. So, yeah, she that's, is funny. That's, uh, what about your wife? Is she, do you find her funny? Does she find you funny? I humor? think she does. Yeah. Um, she's, she's not a showbiz sort of wife, as in she's never, she's never gone for the spotlight. So um, we, we've written books together, which have done really well, actually, kids' books. Yep. And I said, let's write another one. She says, I can't be bothered. <laughs> One of them is called How Not to Annoy Mum, I yes. think, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the How Not to Annoy series has gone well. They want yeah. us, She's a teacher and the, the publishing company wanted us to do How Not to Annoy a Teacher and I really need her input. Yeah. She, <laughs> she said, I'm too busy teaching. I'm like, F- all right. This books go well. I can go on the Today Show and talk to Carl Stefanovic about it. You can come with me if you like. She can't be bothered. Yeah. So, yeah. Is that no. good? I mean, if she's not, you know, hugely in the entertainment it world, it's nice yeah, to escape she's good. from it. She's been, very, she's been great for me over many years, really. Yeah. Like, and like, well, I had Twitter wars going for a number of, for, during lockdown, I was on Twitter every day and I was the number one trending topic on Twitter for about two years. <laughs> or, and it was hurtful, but um, also people were talking about you, so I'm happy. But um, <laughs> she actually said to me, why do you need everyone to know your opinion all the time? And after about, a year, I think, yeah, maybe I don't need everyone to know my opinion. <laughs> so I've actually given up Twitter and life is so much more relaxing. So you don't tweet at all now? No, I don't tweet at all. I haven't tweeted for quite a while. I've got about 700,000 followers who don't seem to miss me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. He's gone. Did he die? Dead. Is he dead? So I, every now and again, I probably should look at it and go, what are they saying about me? But 
You don't need to be involved in social media. Yeah. You don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so no, I haven't done it for ages. We were chatting about this again for the podcast as well. I'd love to get your thoughts on it. The, the impressions, right? Everyone impersonates you. Yes. Were they doing that at school? Like, have you, like, was it an iconic voice then or it's only since you've become famous yeah. no, or known? No, they weren't doing it at school. No. Huh. no I, my, the voice I've got, I think, is partly uh, from my uh, warnable, my country Victoria background. So I yeah. think. My brother sounds like me as well. So. Very, yeah, very ochre. Very yeah, ochre sound. So yeah. it's, um, when I used to play footy, uh, I would, um, apparently, as it, when I was playing, I would go through the gears like I was like a, a car. <laughs> so, so when I'm playing Aussie Rules, I'd be going, <laughs> and then I remember one of my mates, Steve Stavros, and he, um, he said, you, why are you going through the gears? And then <laughs> playing footy, shut up. Is this as you're running? As I'm running, yeah. I'd yeah. go, <laughs> <laughs> And then you stop as you tackle. <laughs> and I was third person myself. So, kick it to Husey, kick it to Husey. I would say that. So, you, you'd say my name and go, kick like it good... to Husey. And I'm Husey. It's his next TV show. And they would kick it to me, you Because know, I was just, got to kick it to Husey. So that you... bloke over there reckons I should. Do you, do you remember at a point where everyone just starts having a crack at it? At the, at the, the voice? voice? Yeah. Look, I mean, I know my voice is uh, polarizing and some people hate it. I mm. know that. Um, Look, I do remember actually. Uh, I did a radio show on Triple R before I got famous, and I this was in Melbourne. We talked about Triple R already yeah. being a very popular. I loved I, you on Triple R. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah so I know. Good on R. You've never yeah, been as good as you were on Triple exactly. R. Exactly. Yeah, so good Two on Triple R. Snakes alive again. Right? <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I was working with a guy who sacked me. One of my co-hosts sacked me. And just sacked my co-host. So, and I was the one who put the application in for the show. Yeah. His name's Thomas Bromhead. He used yeah. to play a trumpet. He was an accountant and he was a stand-up comedian. So, And I was doing a show with him and another guy called Marty Lappin. Shout out to those guys. And one day, we'd, we used to do every second Saturday afternoon for an hour. Yep. And then one day, there was another comedian waiting in the uh, waiting outside the, the studio. studio. And I'm like, yeah. why is that person here? <laughs> and then after the end of the show, the, or towards the end of the show, the guy goes, uh, you're sacked. <laughs> <laughs> like, why am I sacked? This is my show. Yeah. And I remember giving a goodbye speech. Yeah. <laughs> Did words. they sack you live on air? On air? Well, they just went, all right, so this is Hughes' last show. Round of applause. And you didn't know. This is the other guy outside the studio. <laughs> what? And I was so sad. But Thomas said, your voice will never work on radio. <laughs> Thomas? <laughs> Worked <laughs> 20, 30 years, Thomas. Said, Thomas? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Well, yeah. how does it, I mean, you just said you were doing some shows over in LA and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What? How do the How do the Americans find your voice? How do, well, when you no, do look, Montreal? Like, or yeah, that, they yeah. think it's unusual, and but they don't, I say it's unusual in Australia as well. So, yeah, 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 yeah. But no, once, you got to, I've got to slow down a bit in America so they can understand me. But um, look, the shows were going really well over the new year in LA to the point that I just want to move there and, um, you know, have a second career. But um, one bloke said after, I think he's a well-known comedian, I can't remember his name, but anyway, whatever. He said, uh, whatever you say is funny. You can yeah. say anything, it'll be funny. I said, oh, no, they're clearly not the case. Yeah. Um, I've proven that over the years. <laughs> but, yeah, I think they do like my voice there, actually. Mm. There, so, and they're... It's a fresh audience for me. Do they get the humour? Do they yes, get because of this? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, it's like... I was introduced on stage as David Hughes, and to the point that I think I might want to become David Hughes David now because I felt Hughes. like David Hughes is a different performer. Yeah, it's very formal, yeah, isn't yeah, it? I yeah. think he's got more uh, gravitas. gravitas. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think yeah. David Hughes is, uh, but you know, the same jokes. They're laughing hard. Yeah. You know, when I'm thinking, F I've got a, I've got 
30 years of material here they haven't heard. Oh, wait till they hear Snakes Alive. <laughs> Some guy in America goes, man, I loved you on Triple R. <laughs> <laughs> also, you've got a great forehand. I love watching you play tennis. Because <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were watching the new Jim Jeffries special, and yeah. they, they do to seem to love Australians in America, like the, the accent and the, the ochre nature, and when we say... Yeah. yeah, it's definitely yeah. I, Jim has done so well, but yeah, there is there's room for more. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I might ask Jim how I work that out. <laughs> would you? I mean, would you, you've been doing radio. So was, is it is it hard to give that up, or would you give radio and TV to go to America and just do stand up? Oh, uh, look, I would. To be, I mean, I love radio. Don't get me wrong, I love it, and I've loved it for a long time, and and I haven't had much time without it. I did. I had. I gave up radio and TV in two thousand and thirteen. I was doing the project full time. I'd done that for almost five years, and I was doing breakfast radio still in Melbourne, um, which I'd done for at that point. I think thirteen years, and um, I stopped both of them to have a year off and do stand up comedy. And I, I did. It took the family; they were kids were really young then. Yeah. Before they went to school, and we travelled around and did you know gigs in did Montreal Festival, which I'd done a number of times, and in London for a few weeks and, and, uh, and I also had a holiday and I absolutely loved it. I love London. I love doing comedy in, in UK as well. And yeah, I, so, and I didn't really miss radio that much, but when I was given an opportunity to come back to radio the next year, I, I took it. But also the kids at school, it's hard to be a traveling, a proper traveling comedian and have children in school, you know, because it's got to be away yeah. so much. You're so, missing out opportunities and things. Well, and... it is tricky. So, but my kids are but they now love in new high school. Shoes. They love stuff. They're in Daddy's high school now. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. They're in high school now almost. So f- I'm counting down the days till they're f- off. <laughs> and then yeah, maybe another. Five and the youngest years. one's fine. She's funny. You don't need to worry funny, about her. She's funny, mate. Yeah, she'll she be gets fine. It, she, she gets, gets it. Yeah. She get the Mom, other two. Is it yeah, three kids you got? Three kids. Yeah, the other two chuff off. Yeah, and then you, exactly. She'll look after herself. Yeah. No. Look, I yeah. would. I would love to at some point do stand up comedy. But you know. But having said that. Love radio. Is it the? Is love it the, it. I mean, Nathan, and I love radio because it's a live nature. I'll yeah. be completely honest. That you can change something in the, in the exact moment. You can get people to call. It's this. improv it's, as well. It's improv. It is. It's yeah, you know, of course, and it's also like the way you know you guys do it. I do it. You, things happen in your day, and you f- talk about it. Yeah. Mm. What a joy to be able to you know exploit your own life for comedy, and you know, and that's how life should always be for me. Look at the look at the funny, and you know, the, when things go wrong. You you talk about it and your mates laugh at your you know how shit you are you know? <laughs> and everyone has a good time. You're probably the same as Nathan and I. Everything you see in your day is, is content or something for the show. Absolutely. Is there any times you have gone too far and you've told a story potentially about the wife or someone? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, there has times. Yeah, I did a, a, a joke on a on a Facetime call the other day that she was a little. She had like we were at the basketball court. This is back when we cared about COVID, so not that long ago. But she'd got COVID. I think it was at the start of this year. I can't remember. It was, it was maybe six months ago, three months ago. Got COVID, school teacher, you know, do the right thing, you know, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Sounds like a Husey tweet. <laughs> I was, exactly. That's what got me in trouble. Uh, I was, uh, we're at the basketball courts with the with other parents and um, she rang up FaceTime because she wasn't allowed out of the house. It was yeah. around her birthday, actually. It was December. Mm. December 21. It's right around Christmas. And uh, she's, everyone, all the uh, mums were going, oh, gee, you look so sick. And I said, yeah, because she's not wearing makeup. Um, <laughs> thinking it was a joke. It's 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 everyone a joke. laughed. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Everyone laughed and then got home later that night. We're in bed. Mm, didn't like that makeup. What the f***? I'm a comedian. <laughs> it's a joke, love. It's a joke. 
There might have been a melon of truth in there, but they still look good. Hey, the funniest jokes have a little bit of truth in there, don't they? Uh, Husey, mate, we cannot thank you enough uh, for doing this for us. You, as we said at the start, one of the most iconic uh, Aussie comics and continue to be so, mate. So we really appreciate your time. And I think, have we answered the question? What do we think? What do you think now? We've had a chat about your whole life. You still think you were... You were born funny. I, I think I'd, I'd say yes. Funny, yeah. Yeah. But I think everyone is given the opportunity. Life is f- ridiculous. <laughs> we're all dead before we know it. Yeah. Why are we taking it seriously for one second? Absolutely. Why? Mm-hmm. What the f- is the point? Exactly. Wise. You're wi- you know why? <laughs> your kids are wise? Because you're wise. Thank you. That's where it comes yeah, from. You can catch Yuzi on, what's that, triple R's? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> come see me live. Come yeah, see me come live. Come see me live. Too come good. Too good. Come see me live. Too, Too good. good. It's Too good. It'll be near you. <laughs> travel if you have to. Go over this. <laughs> Get an Uber. Book a flight. Good on you, Yuzi. Thank you so much, mate. All the best. Cheers. Listener.